very hard on, on fitness and um, and the running game. That's what kind of led me to, to want this dream of being a, a racing driver. There's no point in time and anything except standards of excellence. We will deal with the Talton Cup if we're in it and we'll, we'll certainly give it every bit of respect. There's no feeling that beats playing for Ireland. My God, I'm going to do everything that is possible to bring us there. This is Sports Beat Extra. On this week's show, we look ahead to the All-Ireland Camogie Final tomorrow between Waterford and Cork. It's the first time the girls in blue and white have made it to this stage in over 70 years. In the special, we take a look back at their last appearance in a final way back in 1945. And we hear from players heading into the trenches tomorrow as they prepare for a historic battle for the title at Crow Park. I'm Jolene Murphy and you're very welcome along to this week's Sportsbeat Extra. This is Sportsbeat Extra. First up on today's Waterford Camogie special, it's over to Beat Sports' Sean Connolly. I am delighted to be joined by Waterford Senior Camogie Manager, Sean Power. Sean, on the eve of what is a very historic Crow Park Day, a first since 1945 for the Dacia, can I possibly ask you to describe the emotions within the camp? Uh, it's a difficult one to answer because it's um, there's a myriad of, the, of them, Sean. There's a lot of different ones. There's excitement, um, you know, anticipation, nerves, fears, um, you know, all those different elements, um, expectation of of yourself, of your teammates, you know, um, th- th- you know, th- there's going to be um, a huge element of trust required to do what we need to do. There's, you know, there's a test of your character. Um, it, you know, it's it, it bounces from second to second of what you feel, uh, and and the players are no different. It's it's just one of those very strange kind of uh, weird environments and emotional states to be in. But I wouldn't change it for the world, nor with the players. I can imagine so. And while we have much to touch upon in relation to tomorrow's clash with the rebels, I'd like to look at the last four battle that got you there first. Following that nail-biting victory against Tipperary, how much of that Munster Championship humbling was playing on the minds of the girls? Yeah, it, 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 of course it did. Um, there was there's something that uh, you know you when you get heavily beaten in a game, you need to look very long and hard at yourself in the mirror and see where where you came up short. And um, some of a test of character, I suppose, is having the ability to look at yourself. In, with the critical eye yourself now and pick what you did wrong or where you went wrong and I'm speaking I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of management and myself as well in particular it's not just the players but we you know we have the, we have a very honest bunch there and when you can when you can do that with yourself honestly there is always room to improve um, and I suppose the solace that we had was that we knew we weren't that we didn't play very well. We weren't that bad. There was far much more in us. And we were eager to rectify that wrong and what people saw in that Munster Championship game against Tipperary. So there was an element of, there's a baggage and a pain you carry with you from that game. And it, it's nice to vanquish it, you know, by playing the same opposition then sometime later. And the stakes are much higher and uh, come out on the right side this time. Bet Carton obviously earned player of the match with eight points, four from play. But there was, I think, a defining moment during that. 
and was with Mairead Power and that goal she saw through in the 25th minute. Just how integral was that to turning around the tide in that particular game against the Premier? That was very important indeed and it came at a crucial time. Um, I do think that you must remember that, you know, that Tipperary outfit are laced with quality as well throughout their team. They were, you know, they were so, they were incredible opposition now. You know, they really were tough opponents now and, uh, and, and you were always going to get there you know, what they had and, and we got it at the start of the game, right? So it's something that um, I suppose I'm on record earlier already having said this and it sounds so basic, but it is the case that with 20 minutes gone in the game and you're down by seven, there's still 40 to go. And that's the way we looked at it um, as a group and as players on the field. And you do get your opportunities then. The question is when, when you get your opportunities, do you take them? And I felt I felt that from from kind of that, 20 minute period onward I, I, I thought we took we took control of that game and Tiberi came back hard at us as well of course they, they, were, they, they weren't going to do anything other than that of course being you know being the quality side that they are but I think we weathered that storm as well but the goal came at a crucial time before crucial um, time just before half time as well when we were on the ascendancy so it was nice to get some something on the board for that part of the game where we were dominating, you know, so it was it was important to get something from that, uh, and and you go into the changing room then, although you're down, you still go into the changing room very positive, you know, and that's 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 vitally important for that ten minute refresh and break and reset and to go again, you know. So that was the, the goal came at a crucial time, absolutely, yeah. The performance really escalated to something that was close to legend, ending up in that 112-111 victory. And it was a performance that, that merited that, really had everything that a fan could ask for. And I feel that the doubleheader has enhanced the game in the southeast. Is that something you go along with? Oh, 100%. I think that um, the weather was horrendous. It didn't matter to the four teams on, on display. Um, Tipperary, um, Waterford and Cork being involved with this side of the country it was you know it was it was something that um, that that only will strengthen the game around here now in respect of Tipperary and ourselves um, it's it's a sport on on, on the move on growing uh, Cork is quite a big sport in Cork anyway right but, yeah. but you know from Tipperary's point of view and Waterford's point of view uh, to have their their marquee teams in that sort of a spectacle as well with with everything at stake with everything on the line and with two teams really going hard at it it would only raise the profile of the game in Tipperary and uh, and Waterford without a doubt and, and in Cork as well but I, I suppose in player numbers uh, from Tipperary and Waterford's point of view it would be more important for us to try and drive this game forward a bit more than Cork because it's quite strong in Cork anyway you know so it's uh, but 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 by, without a shadow of a doubt, it was, it was nice to be here uh, to kind of be flying the Camogie flag for our side of the country. Absolutely, yeah. You mentioned Cork and now we're going to turn to tomorrow. This will be their eighth final in 10 years and obviously their third in as many years having lost out on the last two encounters. How do you prepare for the perennial juggernaut that is Cork Camogie? Yeah, it's 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 not an easy one to crack. It's, uh, it, it's very difficult because uh, what you're up against is, you know, you're, you know, in, in terms of personnel and in terms of, you know, opposition on the field, you're up against, you know, incredible athletes that are fantastic players, very skillful, very physical, play very well as a unit as well and have, you know, have had, they got to the league final as well in 1A this year. 
um, so have been competing at the very, very top. Like it, Galway, some might have said that Galway were the favourites for the All Ireland this year, and I, I, I thought that that Cork comfortably beat them now. You know, on the day, I thought, I know there wasn't much in it, but I thought the Cork had something to spare there. So it just shows you where Cork have come from, and and you have the weight of of. Cork's history as well in the game I mean you know correct me if I'm wrong here now but statistically I think they're number one I think they're 26 All-Irelands or something like that right so someone is going to correct me on that I'm sure but I think they're at the top and on the I think they're they're number one and there's a reason they're at that level you know so um, like we 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 as 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 an emerging county some might say in this particular sport because we're only at the senior grade in the last eight years are, would, would certainly be learning from those those the big three, if you want to call them, you know, those counties in this sport. But, um, you, you know, you prepare as best you can. What we have on the field, the personnel we have are are equally skillful. They're they're very committed. They're, they love wearing the Watford jersey. They wear it with incredible pride. And when when those things come together and you have people battling for each other in in an All-Ireland final, there is uh, there's possibility, you know, even, even up against the juggernaut that is Cork, you know, so... Uh, we've we've prepared well. We're, we're looking forward to the event, um, and we'll do our very very best. It's not going to be easy, of course, not. But sure, who, who wins an easy all learn final? But it, it's going to be a huge test of character um, for our girls. But they're up to it, and um, they've done the work. So I hope I hope they get the reward for it. I really think that in any sport, form, momentum, history goes out the window on the final day. And it's just about two teams and who can handle the occasion better than the other. So in the context of what you were looking at and in the preparations that you've had, do you see determination in the eyes of your players? Oh, of course. Yeah. If if if, um, if that wasn't there, like it, there's, you know, obviously from my point of view, Sean, if that wasn't there, we wouldn't be here. Now, does that make any sense? Like we wouldn't yeah. be in a final if that wasn't there, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, you have to You have to appreciate that these girls are, you know, they're incredibly driven. I mean, talk about committed to the cause here. I mean, they are, they're accredited to their families and their clubs and their county. And, um, there, you know, there is a real desire, uh, a want, a need maybe to do something special this year for what they've put in with each other and the soldiering they've put through uh, against various opposition throughout the year and, you know, all the hard training we've done. And, um, yeah, there's like... That, that 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 determination and that coldness that you know that you need to to carry off what what will be a huge challenge and to come out the right side of it is 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 there yeah I I truly believe it's there that these girls can do it uh, will the occasion be a big occasion for them of course it will it's a big occasion for all of us as it will be for Cork as well at the same time when the ball is thrown in a game is a game and if you're if you're better than your opposition on the day and things go your way you will win. You know, that is sport. So you would hope that that's the way it goes for us. And everybody is fighting fit and ready to go. There's no major concerns ahead of tomorrow's final. A couple of a couple of knocks and bumps and bruises from the tip game. Uh, the battle that it was, it was always going to have um, some sore people afterwards. But no, everyone's come through in the last week. So we're all good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Look, it was an absolute pleasure to have this time with you before an iconic moment in sporting history. We're all behind you. And I personally wish you the very, very best tomorrow. Lovely, Sean. Thanks very much. And, and again, on behalf of the players and management of the Waterford Camogie Senior set up this year, I'd just like to thank the support that we've got locally from everybody. It's been incredible. You know, people have been so good to us. Um, we just hope we can do them proud tomorrow. Tracking sport across the southeast. Sports Beat Extra.
Turning our attention now to the last time that the Waterford Camogie team made it to a final. Joining me now is a Waterford enthusiast and broadcaster and journalist, Nigel Kelly, to walk us through something that happened over 70 years ago. Yeah, how are you, Jolene? <laughs> Sorry, I'm I was very half good. You shouldn't be. This is exciting times. It is. Yeah, the, we're, we're talking 78 years since this last happened. The last time that Waterford were in it, who were they playing? Antrim. And it happened in 1945 and it happened in Capaquin, of all places. Out the road. Yeah, so it's a bit unusual to think about Capaquin hosting an All-Ireland final out in West Waterford. But nonetheless, that's where we were. Um, Capaquin had also hosted the Munster final that year. Waterford beat Tipperary in that Munster final and did it with some style, it has to be says, said, even. Um, there would have been a Munster Council meeting held in Capaquin that year too. So Capaquin was a bit of a hotspot for GE activity at that time. Uh, Waterford won their Munster final and typically what you'd have then, Jolene, is you go on and you play an All-Ireland semi-final because you'd have the four provincial winners, they face off in semis and then the winners of those two games, or four games, or two games even, uh, head on and, and play the All-Ireland final. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen in 1945. There was a row, essentially, uh, but rows were nothing new in the Camogie Association. They had been ongoing in one shape or form or another for, for several years and they would continue beyond 1945 as well. But in 1945, uh, the proverbial really hit the fan in a lot of ways because <laughs> Leinster and more importantly Dublin, which was the, the strength of the vote coming from Leinster, owing to the amount of clubs that they had in Dublin, if Dublin wanted to outvote another province, they could do it essentially because they had so many clubs. What was it over? So Dublin had a lot of people playing hockey. Uh, it was popular in Dublin, popular in Kilkenny and other parts of the country too, but particularly in Dublin, hockey was very popular at the time and the ban was in effect. So you couldn't play foreign sports. wasn't allowed as part of the GEA. If you wanted to play GEA games or Gaelic games, uh, you couldn't play other sports. And Dublin players played a lot of hockey. Uh, they wanted to be able to continue, to continue doing that and that wasn't allowed. So there was uh, there, there was meetings held as regards this and, and, and Dublin decided to withdraw themselves from the association as did Leinster. So they removed themselves from the Camogie wow. Association. Parallel to that, in and around the same time, another issue erupted at Blown Cork. Cork had a different issue and that was around uh, the chairperson of the Cork board, a woman called uh, Ida Banlier. Uh, she had taken umbrage and she took a bit of a solo run on this is the, is the truth of it. Uh, the rest of her board weren't aware this was going to happen and, and she took a solo run. Uh, she wanted an all-female board elected in, in the Munster Council. There was female members on the board. It was a majority female board but she wanted all female members uh, presiding over women's games. Uh, her board weren't aware. They, they weren't happy with her afterwards. But she had tore off and done this and she had removed uh, Cork from the association ultimately because... How, how did that have a knock-on effect on in Warford then? Well, so up until that time, we'd had, uh, I think it was 10 All-Irons to that date. Cork had won six and Dublin had won four. So the only All-Irons we'd had had been won by Dublin or Cork. And you would have expected in 45, if either of them were playing, they probably would have won two because that's where the strength was. That's where the, the population was, where the players were and so forth. Uh, with Dublin and Cork now out of the association, they weren't there to play semi uh, to, to to play any competitions. So when Waterford won their their Munster final, they would have played the Leinster winners. There was no Leinster winners. They they were no longer part of the association. They'd headed off and formed a new association in inverted commas, right? New to to whatever extent that lasted. So no semi final opponent for Waterford. They go straight through to the final where they will face Antrim. Now here's the funny part, right? So this All Ireland final, which we will talk about in a moment. That was played in Cap Queen, right? Mm-hmm. Waterford, Antrim, all Ireland final, down in West Waterford. In and around the same time, Dublin and Cork, under their new association, they played their own all Ireland final. And Stop. Yeah, and here, here's the kicker that people, <laughs> I've only discovered this in the last week or two, people weren't really aware of this. So they played their own separate all Ireland final, unrecognised, unofficial, unsanctioned, right? It happened. It's not a recognised all Ireland. 
for the crack. But they played it, right? And, and their view probably was, we're going to have, this is going to be the real one in years to come, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we're the new association that people should be behind. That was probably their plan. Uh, where was that one played, do you think? Of all places, I think now, irony... I mean, this story just keeps going. I actually no, have no idea. I irony of ironies. Where? Where's the last... Unofficial, <laughs> unsanctioned All-Ireland. Crow Park. Stop it. <laughs> yes. So they asked the, they asked the GEA, could we have use of the field? And my understanding, having spoken to people in the last week, they were told, yeah, they can, of course. And I said, why? Why were they giving him Crow Park when... They, they know. were having such a row with them. Not no, because the GEA would have been separate, different association oh, completely. Okay. So essentially the reason was they probably just didn't care about the camogie whatsoever. Ah, oh, we don't really care what you do, go on, use it. That would have been the attitude. So yeah, play our game, Crow Park. Yeah, you pay us for use to the field. And the real thing happened in Capaquin. So we'll we'll come back to Capaquin, so and and lots of differences in, in, in the game, I suppose, that we would have seen played out, whether that be in the Munster or the All Iron final, in terms of what the sport was. 15 aside for Camogie is our standard today. 12 aside was was the numbers back then. And best estimate is because playing numbers were, were, were low. We could try to get 15 on a pitch, mm. probably an impossibility more often than not. So it's 12 aside to make it feasible. Uh, essentially, it was all ground hurling. Uh, picking the ball up wasn't really a thing. Now, there's other reasons for that, but really lifting the ball and rising it, not really as common. Basically all ground hurling. Um, but again, here we go in, in terms of where women's sport stood at the time. So hurling... Uh, played under basically the same rule set as we have now, bar the modernisation of it. But Camogie had a points bar, which is what they used to loft up, right? So you, you have your goalposts, yeah? You have your, your uprights and your crossbar. Under the crossbar between the posts, you have a goal. Over the crossbar between the posts, you have a point. Mm-hmm. In Camogie in the 1940s, and I think up until the 1970s it lasted in some parts of the country, they raised a points bar above the crossbar, okay? So about the same height above the crossbar Again. as the distance from the crossbar to the ground. If I wanted to score a point... I had to send it between the crossbar and the points bar. So if it went between the posts, but over the points bar... You don't get a point. White. <laughs> called white. So it made... Why is that, Nigel? Uh, the best estimate is probably to make it harder on women. Uh, that's the best guess we've had in the last while. Probably, this is not, you're not going to find this in official minutes from any discussions, there, but probably make it harder on women, you know. Essentially, was, was there, again, the way the light it was looked in, it was looked down upon, the women playing sport. Um... So, yeah, you had the points bar. Um, yeah, the issue with the, the stick was different. It was long, it was more hooked. The slitter itself, really heavy. If it got wet, it was like a bowling ball. Uh, so the game was very, very different in, in, in that sense. Uh, the lines of the pitch, too, we had three midfielders and you had uh, right wing back, left wing back, you had a centre back and a full back and it was spread out a bit differently. So the game would have been very, very different in that sense. And it was also played under very different social stance and settings as well. Um, so it would have been very very common in lots of parts of the country uh, we don't know as Waterford specifically tied to this but lots of parts of the country Cork has definitely won Leinster in Jenner and other married women wouldn't have been allowed to play yeah. so there was a story of a Cork captain uh, club captain in Cork she was away on her honeymoon and she came back from her honeymoon to play the county final and she went into the dressing rooms and one of the people in the club said what are you doing here I'm playing a game no you're not And they walked out, they played the game without her. So tell us what happened with the Waterford and Antrim match in 1945. How did they get on? So the scoreline at the end of the game, five goals and two points to Waterford's three goals and two points. And here you go, your points bar. Points weren't really all that easy to score, so you'd go for goal. Two points for the whole of the All-Ireland final. So four points total, two per team. 
So five goals and two points and three goals and two points. You'd never see that scoreline wow. now. Even in, in the most junior game, you, that's not a scoreline you'll ever see ever again. And it's, it's for that reason. Antrim uh, were good value for the win on the day. Waterford had a good fight back in the second half and put it on Antrim. But the Northern County came good down the home straight and they got their late two goals to, to put Waterford to the sword. It had been 3-2 to 3-2 at that point. They Antrim put up put a good fight, though. I'd, I would have said that there would have been even a clo- uh, slightly wider um points difference between them like if I had to guess but I'm sure that there will be more points in this weekend's match I have to think so um, <laughs> look at Cork are favourites going into this mm-hmm. game there's no two ways about it they, 28 times they've won the title uh, something like that in or yeah. about yeah and a lot of that stretches something back. they're very familiar with yeah but look they haven't won all Ireland since 2018 and the other thing in, in, in a Cork person's mind that's a lifetime Cork have a divine right to win and it's been 2018 since they won in all Ireland Remind so. us why though they're the underdogs they are they can very much clinch the title Waterford Look, they have talent and quality across the park. Um, look, everyone will have name-checked Beth Carton this week for good reason. I mean, it's repetitive at this stage, but nonetheless, it's for good reason. The girl is an absolute phenomenon. Uh, if you haven't got a chance to see Beth Carton play a game of camogie, do. F- find time somewhere and go see her play because I've talked to people who have said, yeah, okay, I get it now, right? I mm-hmm. understand why she's so good. Uh, they have an excellent goalkeeper in Brianna O'Regan. Uh, we had moments then in the semi-final last week. Like Brianna scoring a big point, long-range free, sends it over in a Waterford shirt, does it for her club, does it for the county now again. Uh, we have big players in that pitch. Like Vicky Faulkner was phenomenal in the semi-final. She did a huge job in Cotevan. What a man-marking job. Uh, woman-marking job, apologies. Um, they have big players for the big day. They were in Crow Park last year for the semi-final. They were beaten by this Cork team and I think about 12 of that Cork team are lining out on this weekend. So it's a very similar lineup that we have and the Waterford team quite similar too. Um, they have the experience at Croke Park. They know what it's like to lose a final. That's very important. You know, winning, knowing how to win is important, but knowing what it's like to lose is very important too. That'll still be sitting in their mouth since last year. They knew that they came short on the day. They had the upper hand on Cork and they came short, unfortunately. They've beaten Cork this year. It was their first ever win over Cork at senior level, albeit in the Munster Championship, but it's still a win. If they can do it back to back, they get an All-Ireland title. They bring the O'Duffy Cup home to Waterford. You'll be at the match. We will indeed. We're up in Croke Park on Sunday and uh, very much looking forward to it. Very exciting. Nigel, thank you very much and enjoy the match. Up the data. Up the data on Waterford. <laughs> Five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra. Waterford player Cloda Carl is gearing up for tomorrow's action. She looks back at the semi-final win against Tip that saw them come out a point on top with a score of 112 to 111. She also takes a look at their training technique, their panel and says they're confident going into Croke Park tomorrow. These are the matches we want to be playing in. Uh, we were in Croke Park last year and we're back here again so we're delighted at that, but we don't just want to be there. We want to go out and win it. And I definitely think this group of girls has the have the capability of doing that. So we're just delighted with the way the year is going. The training has a big part to play in it. Like um, with the lads coming in this year, training's definitely it's as tough as it should be. Like we're all pushing each other and that's exactly what we want. Like some girls are disappointed not being in that um, that starting lineup, but like at the end of the day, it's it's a hard pill to swallow but like we asked for that um, just delighted to be here again um, one of the matches that we definitely honed in on this year was the tip match um, the first time we played them didn't go our way at all um, we weren't good enough that day and like we know ourselves that we weren't we definitely got pushed off the ball and tip, tip were definitely the more physical probably the better team on the way on the day 
but um, that's one of the matches we definitely focused on. Um, then we brought that physicality into training. We we do tackling drill is one of the drills we hate the most is Philly's tackling drill, but sure, it seems to be working at this stage. So hopefully now it'll stand to us in the final against Cork because everybody knows Cork's, Cork are a very physical team as well. So we'll just have to bring that on Sunday. I think we all know the kind of team Cork are. They've some exceptional players like They've been in numerous finals the past few years. Like, like you're not going to have a bad team in an All Ireland final. Like, they're definitely a brilliant team. Um, I feel like in the past few years, like we've been there and thereabouts against Cork for the first 40 minutes, and then it was always the last 20 minutes that we kind of fell behind. And I feel like this year, the main difference is like the depth that we have in the panel. We're probably that th bit fitter as well, and we can like call on those girls, like the finishers, to come in and finish off the game for us. So I think we have the capability to beat, the get, beat them again, hopefully. Um, like it'll definitely be a very tough game. We know they're going to be a tough opposition, but I think we're all confident going in. Sports Beat Extra. Beat 102-103. There will be a new energy about the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Senior Final in 2023 with a unique pairing of neighbours and keen rivals that have crossed swords on plenty of occasions in recent years since Waterford's ascension to the elite ranks after their 2015 intermediate success. The teams have never met in an All-Ireland senior decider. However, with Waterford's only previous appearance in 1945 coming in defeat to Antrim. This will be the first time since Wexford completed their famous three in a row in 2012 that a team other than Cork, Galway and Kilkenny has appeared in Camogie's Blue Riband. The data go in as underdogs. Perhaps, but after securing their first triumph over Cork since returning to the top grade in the Munster Championship this year, they will not be intimidated. Well, I know where I'll be. I'll be cheering on the girls in blue and white front row centre at home in my sitting room. Throw in between Cork and Waterford is at 5pm. And that's it for this week's Camogie special. Up next, we've got your Saturday night music lined up. If you're at home or in the car, Megan is standing by with beat anthems.